Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In October, the Hochul administration is holding meetings to gather input on making changes to the state's Energy Conservation Construction Code, which is one of the tools to help New York policymakers realize statutorily required greenhouse gas emission reduction goals for 2030 and beyond. To explain how the code is utilized and the changes the state is looking to make, we're joined by Chris Cochran, Assistant Director for Codes, Standards, and Products at the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, which is hosting the stakeholder meetings on the Energy Code. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, David. So for starters, how is the Energy Conservation Construction Code of New York State utilized? For example, what types of projects does it apply to and what sort of construction decisions are informed by the code? It's important to really think about this in the larger context of buildings. Uh, Buildings in New York State are the largest contributor of greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, Residential and commercial buildings account for about 32 percent of greenhouse gas emissions um, in New York. In that context, the energy code really helps to set the minimum energy efficiency for buildings. Uh, It creates that floor uh, for energy performance uh, that we expect from from buildings. And broadly, the energy code applies to new construction as well as additions and uh, alterations to existing buildings. So when we're thinking about the, the systems in a building, the energy code is going to touch on you know insulation and windows it's going to affect the heating and cooling systems that that are installed water heating lighting Um, across the board you know combined these really help to set the requirements that create a efficient comfortable and safe building for new yorkers and does the code impact the types of products that can be sold or installed in new york or just certain decisions about how construction is advanced it's focused more on the decisions around construction, and I know the, these are all systems-based decisions. So you know you can combine uh, different systems in different ways to to achieve that uh, required efficiency in in a uh, new building or in an addition to uh, to an existing building. And is this energy code a, a relatively recent form of regulation, or is this something that's been kicking around the state in some form or another for say decades? In New York State, for decades now. Um, you, normally, this is the energy code is is updated every three to four years. Um, it's been following the uh, national model codes, uh, which are are set by the Inter- International uh, Code uh, Council. Those codes really um, are are used broadly, both here in New York uh, and across uh, the country. Well, when was the last time the code was updated? Twenty twenty was uh, New York's last code update, um, and so you know we're just starting the process of the next code update here um, over the next few years. Um, and uh, NYSERDA is currently working on doing some initial work uh, to to get ready for that uh, code update uh, leading into 2024. Well, I have to imagine, considering that you're talking about this as a process that takes years, that the 2020 update couldn't have really reflected 
too much of the goals from the 2019 Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, uh, which kind of sets some of these greenhouse gas reduction goals that are informing a lot of policy decisions today, including, I imagine, the energy code. But maybe I'm wrong. Did the 2020 updates uh, reflect the energy code? Was there enough time uh, given the, the passage of that legislation you know, a, a year earlier? The good news is that you know any any update to the energy code really is supports the the climate act uh, in here in, in the state. But more broadly, you know I think what's what's really driving the the changes and these these current changes and upcoming changes in the energy code was actually the Advanced Building Codes and Appliance and Equipment Efficiency Standards Act from 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was a, a legislation that was passed you know on the heels of the of the climate act um, and really helps to set the the path forward for uh, codes more broadly, but also, you know, specifically for uh, NYSERDA in terms of helping to set the cost effectiveness um, and determine how that's judged uh, for around the energy code um, and, and by the code council. Well, yeah, can you elaborate on that 2022 mandate, essentially, for this upcoming process? And what are the types of decisions that are going to be made based on that 2022 legislation? The uh, the law requires that uh, NYSERDA uh, deter- establish rules that help to determine cost effectiveness for a proposed energy code update. Really, that's focusing on two things. One is you know establishing a life cycle cost methodology, um, and second is defining societal effects. But let's take a quick step back here. <laughs> uh, when we're talking about cost effectiveness, this is just a, a simple way to evaluate costs and benefits of a propo- of a proposed energy code relative to current requirements. And when we're thinking about the life cycle cost methodology and the societal effects, the proposal that uh, NYSERDA has been working on and has put forward is really looking at the the whole 30-year useful life of a building. Um, This is taking into effect both the the costs and benefits over that 30-year life cycle, but also the broader societal effects uh, related to energy use. Uh, the goal here is to give it a real comprehensive view of the costs, benefits, impacts across New York State uh, for for a, a code update. Before this, before this law, it was there was a very tight, narrow view, you know, where where the code was was judged based on a simple ten year payback. Unfortunately, when when you're thinking about buildings in New York State, you know, they're around a lot longer than ten years. So this really helps us to look at, at, a, at a more comprehensive view uh, and, and see how those buildings are going to uh, work over the lifetime. And those cost-benefit analysis will inform the code decisions moving forward? That's exactly right. You know, this, uh, this is really setting those, those uh, guidelines for how the code is judged, whether, it is, uh, whether an update is, is considered to be cost-effective. Uh, one of the requirements for the code council in, in adopting a new code is that it is co- cost effective. So this is really a foundational step uh, in the process of, of, of updating uh, the, this code and future codes. Well, how does, say, the Climate Leadership Community Protection Act or the constitutional amendment language that was adopted recently guaranteeing New Yorkers a right to clean air, uh, clean water, and I think a healthful environment, do those inform this process at all, or is it solely a dollar and cents uh, discussion? Yeah, that's that really comes in when we start to look at the, those societal effects. Um, you know, Governor Hochul has has really remained steadfast in in her commitment to reducing greenhouse gas emissions from buildings. And when we're thinking about you know the the societal effects of of these energy code updates and in, on new buildings and existing building updates. 
uh, it's critical to to think or to look at things like the social cost of carbon as defined by the Department of Environmental Conservation. Uh, these these types of societal effects uh, really do play a key role in how uh, New Yorkers are impacted over the long term. What happens after you have your meetings in October and are done soliciting public input? What's the next step? The next step is is going to be to to actually start to do the rule official rulemaking process. Um, after you know, we'll take all of the comments that are collected, all of the the the, the everything that's you know both written and submitted uh, during the meetings. Um, we'll pull those together and we'll write the the rules uh, that'll go through the the formal state rulemaking process. Uh, that process will take place between kind of now and April twenty twenty four. Uh, and then once once those rules are set, uh, the code council will really start to kick in and work through their uh, energy code update, um, as well as the other code updates. They will have an open, transparent process that includes multiple opportunities for for comments on the updates. Uh, but really, the end goal is to you know achieve uh, and adopt an energy code that you know helps drive energy efficiency and and reduce greenhouse gas emissions to support the climate act. Um, and so, that's uh, that will be happening you know, between now and uh, you know, the end of 2024. And when you say building code, is that referring to the State Fire Prevention and Building Code Council? That's exactly right. So the Code Council is is the body that's responsible for actually adopting uh, the the energy code as well as the state building codes. Uh, and, and they include you know, 17 members uh, that, that touch all fa- facets of, of the building industry. Um, you know, folks who who are focused on architecture and engineering, you know, fire prevention, uh, you know, but also local governments, people who deal with you know actually enforcing these codes once they're once they're in effect. Uh, so those those folks are are the ones who are charged with uh, uh, adopting this, um, and they'll be doing that really in in earnest over the the next year in 2024. This process is clearly just getting started, but do you have a sense of the possible ramifications from the updating of the energy code? For example, could this be a real big game changer for the way construction is going on in New York? If, for example, you determine that there are certain cost-benefit analysis that says you know there really needs to be a change in operation? Yeah, the the code council is is really going to take all of those factors into into account as they're looking at it. Uh, you know, the the next code uh, we we know is going to be a more efficient, uh, safer, more resilient code um, as a whole. Uh, you know, as we increase efficiency in buildings, uh, those buildings you know become more comfortable. They they work better, and you know they have lower loads, uh, lower you know use less electricity, uh, use use less energy. Um, which really helps to you know to protect the grid uh, down the road, uh, but also you know and uh, more broadly uh, just puts people in better buildings. Um, and so those the people who you know as those as those uh, codes are updated, um, we know that uh, New Yorkers are going to you know be placed in in new homes, um, new new offices uh, that work better um, over the long run. Well, I guess the reason I ask about the potential for changing business as usual is because the governor has made it one of her priorities to boost the housing production in New York. And I was curious if she's looking to grow the number of homes that we're building every year, whether this would potentially 
exacerbate or hurt uh, that effort? Yeah, I'd say that's something that we'd want to uh, come back to and get back to you on. So is that something, though, that you would consider when doing that cost-benefit analysis and societal benefit? Because the idea that, hey, we need more housing. So is that the type of thing that might fall under a societal benefit? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's something that uh, we'd, we'd want to uh, check on and, and, and get back to you as, as we're looking through that. Okay. Well, we've been speaking with Chris Corcoran. He's an assistant director for Code, Standards, and Products at the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. Chris, thank you so much and good luck on this process. Thank you so much for having me, David. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capital Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.